You're listening to a message from Victory Church of the Bay Area. For more information, please visit us on our website at victoryus.org. All right, we are on week three of our series entitled um, Valuing the Kingdom. And um, the first week, uh, Dr. June Escusar uh, preached on um, treasures in heaven. We basically, this is a... Um, a, a series, part four of our series on the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, Jesus had a sermon uh, that lasted so long that it's called in, in the Bible the Sermon on the Mount. So he preached to the, the crowds about, about the kingdom of God and how we are to, to live in the kingdom, how the kingdom works, and, and as, as his disciples, how God's kingdom will come to bear in our lives and that we are to live as a contrast community to the world so that we can be a testimony of God's kingdom. You know, the church is actually an outpost or a signpost of the kingdom that has already come, but uh, it's also a kingdom that is yet to be fully realized. It's already here, but it's going to come in its fullness when Jesus returns. Okay, so, And so in the meantime, this is an era where we witness or testify to the kingdom and testify to the world of who Jesus is, okay? And so this series, Valuing the Kingdom, is basically for us to live, how to live in the kingdom and value God's kingdom over all things, okay? Seek God first and His kingdom and His righteousness. Not the, we are not to seek the things of this world. We are not to seek, you know, um, any other thing or this world presents to us. We are to seek God and His kingdom and His righteousness. And I'd, with that, I'd like to invite everyone to please uh, stand your feet. By the way, those of you here for the first time, my name is Neil Bernardino, and I'm the, I'm the pastor of this church. And uh, again, thank you. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to read from verses 1 through 5. I am reading from the English Standard Version. Verse 1. Judge not that you, not be, that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do, you use, uh, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, who is the living word. And today, as we receive his word through this written word, Lord, I pray that your word would bring life to us, Lord, and that we would indeed value your kingdom and that uh, we would learn to live like um, people in the kingdom and that we would learn to value others as well. So, Father, we just commit this time to you. May your name be praised as we live out your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You may take your seats. <clears throat> okay, so, <clears throat> so I'm going to talk about judging others here. And um, how many of you have been, <clears throat> how many of you have been judged by someone, and you felt like that judgment was not accurate because that person did not really know you well, or did not know your intentions? Or your motivations. Uh, sometimes 
Many times what we do when we see people uh, act a certain way, we judge people according to what we see, right? Right? According to what we see. Sometimes when a person comes in, <clears throat> a person comes in and his hair is disheveled and all, so, and then comes in, walks in here, his hair is disheveled and his, his, uh, his shirt is torn a bit and he looks, he looks kind of rugged. We say, oh, this, this, sometimes we just go ahead and say, oh, this person is undisciplined. You know, he, he could just, you know, how long does it take to take a shower and, and clean yourself up and wear something nice? This person is undisciplined. And how many of us sometimes are quick to judge people simply by their appearance or by their actions? Many times we judge people by their actions, but when it comes to us, we judge ourselves by our intentions, by our motives, right? And, uh, and, and, uh, and many times we fall... Um, in, we fall for this uh, trap of judging others prematurely. Um, and so our judgments many times are, are, are unrighteous. But we all, at certain points, do judge people, okay, um, in judging others. And this word judge, Jesus said, judge not so that you will not be judged. For the measure that you use will be used unto you. Okay, <clears throat> now this word judge here, basically it's a, <clears throat> it's a, it, it means to form an opinion or a conclusion. You've concluded already that this person is, was un, is undisciplined. When in fact, this person came here and on his way here, he was mugged, he was beaten, he was, his, you know, and then, and then his hair was, uh, his hair was uh, disheveled because his, his attacker was, doing lots of things to him, and he was beaten up, and so he became dirty because he was on the floor. And then he was here, still in a state of shock, didn't know what to do, but we did not know what happened to them, right? To, to that person. But we judge that this person was undisciplined. And um, it's to, f to judge means to form an opinion of something or someone or a conclusion. We concluded, ah, this person, it's always that. Okay? How many of you are guilty of that? Guilty of doing this, prejudging people by how they appear or by their actions, but we don't know what's, what happened to them or their intentions. Now, <clears throat> the word judge here in this text that Jesus used means that, and, and um, it implies four things, okay? First, it implies uh, these words, to analyze <clears throat> and to evaluate. So when you judge someone, that, when you judge something, that means you're analyzing and you're evaluating so that you can form an opinion or conclusion. And we are, in a sense, we are, when Jesus said judge not, it doesn't mean that we're not to form uh, any opinion of anything or anyone. Okay, but it, when you say judge, when you judge, you analyze and you evaluate righteously. You analyze and you evaluate properly. Okay. And believers are called to do this. We are called to discern. We're called to, to analyze and to evaluate properly and righteously. Do, do you get that? So this word judge is used for that. And uh, <clears throat> I remember a friend of mine, funny story of a friend of mine. We, were, we came from a wedding <clears throat> and then all of, our, all of us went up to, the wedding was in a hotel hotel ballroom, and then after the wedding, after the reception, all of our friends who were in the wedding uh, said, hey, let's just hang out a bit, some, uh, a bit more. 
So we, we, we went up to the lounge at the, the top of this hotel that overlooked the city. So we went up there, <coughs> and we were, we, were, uh, <coughs> we were in different tables. And then two of my friends, uh, there weren't any more space, and they couldn't add any table or chairs into our, to our table. So they were there in that little table. There was a, the, a table for two right next to ours. So, and then, so two of my, two of my guy friends were there. And then, and then a, one of our members in the church, a lady, came up. <coughs> and um, she's, she's, a, she's a little, she's a little um, interesting character. Um, she's, this, this person was a hyper-spiritual person. Very, very hyper-spiritual. She spiritualizes everything uh, and and thinks that there is a spirit or a, or a demon behind everything. So that's that kind of person, but she attends, she attends our church. And then she couldn't find any seat. And so one of my friends, when, she, when he saw her, stood up and said, oh, you can take my seat. And then he moved to, to our table. And my other friend was like, you just left me with this, with this, uh, with this very, very hyper-spiritual woman. So she sat there. And, you know, trying to be nice, my friend was like, uh, okay, starting a conversation with her. And then she asked him, what did you discern with the, in the wedding? So she was, and so that became a running joke with us, okay? So every time we were at a wedding with my friend, what did you discern with this wedding? So <laughs> Christians, believers, are called to discern, not in a weird or hyper-spiritualistic way like that. But we are to discern properly. We are to discern or judge properly. Okay? Uh, we are to make righteous judgments. And that is what this word means. It implies uh, here, this word. And also, it can mean to condemn or to avenge. Okay? So when a judge, you're in a courtroom, and, and when a person is judged, uh, you know, uh, declared, you know, the verdict, is, the verdict is given, he was judged to be in prison for life or... In some countries, the death penalty. Okay, so, and pre pretty much that, that person is condemned for his actions. And so that's, this, this is the other side of the word judge. Okay, and so, and so here, <clears throat> the first part, the analyze and evaluate, all of us are called to do this, but to, to judge in the sense of condemning or avenging, that is only reserved for God. Because God can condemn righteously, okay, because He is the righteous God. He is perfect. All His judgments in are, are, are righteous and true and perfect, okay? Uh, he is, and, his, and the Bible says, God says in, in the Old Testament, it is mine to avenge, okay? We don't take matters into our own hands and, 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 and take on revenge. We, allow, we let God avenge us. Does that make sense? The Bible says that God said that it is mine to avenge. Okay, don't take matters into your own hands. So, judge, the word judge means to analyze and evaluate, but it also means to condemn and avenge. This one, to analyze, is we are called to do this properly and righteously, but this aspect of condemning and avenging, God, it's reserved for God. Okay, uh, because, um, because it's, God's judgments are just, true, and righteous, as it says here in Revelation 16, okay? We can trust God's judgment. So when at the judgment day, when all of us would face Him and we would see some of our, some of our maybe some people we know who are, who are going to be 
who are going to spend an eternity away from God. And we're going to think, we're thinking, that, that person, he was one, he's one of the nicest persons I, know, I knew when I was, when I was alive, when I was in, on the earth. He was one of, the, one of the nicest people. How come he's going to be down there and I'm up here? And sometimes we, but the Bible says when we're there, and when we see God pass judgment on those who have been disobedient, we will say, righteous and true are your judgments, O Lord. Righteous and true. And that's what it is here in Revelation 16. <clears throat> okay? So, the question now is, what happens? What happens when we take on, when we take this, uh, take this second aspect? What happens when people begin to take for themselves what is reserved for God? That they begin to judge people to condemn them or to avenge themselves? Which we see a lot of people do, right? And some of us are guilty of doing this. Okay, so now we see, he, we see here the poor being marginalized, um, and uh, we see people who are, you know, people in society, the marginalized in society, you know, we judge them, you know, like, uh, you know, we have different people in, in the political spectrum, and sometimes the left judges the ones on the right, and vice versa, okay? And sometimes the marginalized, those who do not fit the mold of society, they are prejudged. In, in, in India, where there's, there, there was a caste system, um, legally, I think that they've done away with it, but culturally, it's still there. Okay, there, there, there are there is a caste system that says you cannot relate with me. If you are from a lower class, then you don't deserve my time. You're lower than me. Okay, so that's judging people. Okay, not knowing that every person, regardless of their political status or regardless of their social status, regardless of Whatever, the, whatever circumstance they are, every person is valuable to God. Every person is of equal value. Okay? The superstar that you adore, plus the obscure individual who nobody knows, God values them equally, and Jesus died for both of them. He values those who are in in the in-crowd in society, we also values those who are marginalized. But for us, we construct social, you know, we have social constructs where we put barriers and we say, oh, I can't relate with that person because, because that person is from another, this school, okay, or from, from this lower type of school. We have all these kinds of judgments here, okay? Christians and non-Christians. Sometimes we... You know, we, we judge people, you know, oh, are you drinking? Are you drinking? Hell. Are you drink oh, hell. Did you just lie to me? Hell. Don't going to, I'm not going to talk to you. And there are so many self-righteous people today who are so condemning in their preaching of the gospel, that the gospel, that what the, the, the message they preach is not attractive. And it becomes a stumbling block. Not the, not the message, but their, their preferences. Some of us, because of our preferences, we don't want to associate with people outside of our preference. Right? 
many of us don't don't many people don't associate with people who are in the social construct below their their financial or social status. <coughs> I remember uh, <coughs> during our flight back here from uh, <coughs> from uh, what was that, Han? Um, from our from from the East Coast, going back here. So after the build conference, we we had vacation, well, one week vacation. The only vacation we had this year is <laughs> for the family. So so coming back here. Uh, <clears throat> because of my flights, because of all my, you know, my meetings across the U.S. for every nation, I've accumulated some miles and I've accumulated a status. How many of you are frequent flyers and you have status? You know, so, so I've, I've accumulated a status where I, in, even, so where I get upgraded um, to first class. I, my family's with me, so I'm the only one who, who's upgraded, okay, uh, again, I pay for economy, but I get upgraded to first class. Um, but because of that, they're not upgraded with me, but because we're together in the same itinerary, you know, my status allows me to go, you know, to, to have priority boarding, okay, and to be when they call the medallion members in Delta. So I'm, uh, you know, pre-boarding. So, so my family can, can go with me. But I like to travel, you know, traveling is not fun. You know, flying in planes is not fun, especially. So I like to travel with 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 um, what you call it, sweatpants or or um, or you know what do you what do you call those things? So I want to be comfortable in the flight, okay? So that it's a good thing. Who's that? PJs. They offer that in first class in the long flights, okay? So <clears throat> um, anyway, so. But some people do travel in their PJs, you know. So anyway, um, <clears throat> so I'm wearing, I'm not looking very first classy. If th I'm, that's, that's my point, you know. Where I'm, just wearing, I'm just wearing a regular um, um, uh, shirt, a sports shirt, and to go with my sweatpants and my sneakers. And so when they called, when they called, uh, when they called first class, so I was there. And people were lining. They were not lining. So I went there, and my wife heard it. I did not hear it. My wife heard it and said, is this the line for first class? And the guy, the tall guy, said, he was, my wife said he was kind of checking us out. Doesn't seem like it. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it. And so when they said, okay, premium passengers, first class passengers, so we were there. We were the first in line. So we went there. And they, were, and they checked us in. So the guy, I was, what just, I was just wondering what that guy was thinking. Probably, hmm, doesn't look like first class. Hmm. Probably they're thinking that, uh, I'm, I'm imagining now. Probably they're thinking, he's thinking, maybe they don't know. They're not used to flying. You know, this is for the first class people like me. You know? Uh, and um, they're not going to get in. They're going to be embarrassed before all these people. And then now, we were able to go in, and maybe he's thinking, how did he get that? How did they get that? I mean, look at those kids. And they're also wearing their, I think Miguel, was Miguel in shorts? No, 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 I think, uh, so Joshua was in his sweatpants as well. So we didn't look like the first class people, okay? So I paid economy. I'm going to look economy. <laughs> 
So I'm going to put my leg out of the economy. <laughs> so, so, um, uh, so anyway, when I heard that, that was, I just chuckled. It's, it's funny how when you achieve a certain status that you tend to look down on people. And not, it's not just in freaking flying, it's not just in flights, but in life. When you achieve a certain status, you tend to look down on people. There's a term we call novo rich, the new rich. I mean, they've been poor all their lives. And then when they become rich the first time, they are ha acting high and mighty. You know, as if they've been living that. But the, the, the old rich, the ones who've been rich all the generations, they don't act that way. But even those who are in the privileged class, again, this is a social construct, okay? Those who, are, who, who seem to be quote-unquote privileged tend to look down on people. And it is in that setting that Jesus said this, do not judge. Okay? Do not judge. Basically, here's what the Lord is teaching people here. In the kingdom of God, you are not to have a judgmental attitude. Because there's only one judge. There's only one judge of all. <clears throat> you may prejudge someone, oh, this person's not going to get saved. This person's not going to become a Christian. Because of how the way he lives his life. I mean, never. He's not going to get saved. And to your surprise, he gets saved. So we can't prejudge people. And what about those people who were, who were following Jesus and then backslid or kind of lost their fire, lost their way? And we're kind of like, hmm, that person, uh, I don't know, hell. We don't know this, the end of the story. The story is still going. Sometimes in the story, you have ups and downs, right? And sometimes we're just in the beginning of the story. We prejudge them already. How do you know what's going to happen in that person's life? Come on now. <clears throat> we see, we've seen that. If you watch soap operas, and I don't, but from what I heard and what I read and from what I know of in the culture in soap operas, whether here or back, in, back home, back in the Philippines where you grew up, it's about that. It's, it's, it, it's about prejudging people, right? It's having a judgmental attitude. And this is what Jesus is saying here. Don't have a judgmental attitude. That means you're overly critical. Always criticizing every little thing. Okay? Um, and um, you're always very, very condemning, condescending and condemning. <clears throat> and you make people think, feel that you are better than them. You may do it unconsciously, or you may do it deliberately. But God, Jesus is saying to, to us here in this, in this passage, do not have a judgmental attitude. Don't have a judgmental attitude. Do you know any people who are judgmental? No. Okay. How many of you are judgmental? <laughs> I think we're all guilty of this, <clears throat> right? <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> Jesus said here, judge not that you not be judged. For what with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. In other words, what you use against others, the same measure that's going to be measured unto you. You see, God is a God of justice. And justice means you get equal treatment, fair treatment. God is fair. 
Life doesn't look fair. Life doesn't look fair. He, you know, life is not fair, but God is just and fair. Okay, when you trust Him, and when you go through all these things, the Bible says Romans eight, you know, twenty eight. All things work together for the good of those who, who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Doesn't matter what you're ha- what's happening now. If you're putting your trust in God, who knows the end from the beginning, you don't have to, and who cares for you, you don't have to worry about your life. Because even if you're down right now and he's a God of justice, he will make sure the scales will be tipped so that you will have the justice for, you know, you will receive justice for the injustice you've, you've received. Amen? So, and here, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, Paul highlights this in Romans uh, chapter 2. Therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. How many of you judge? Again? Every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself. Because you, the judge, practice the very same things. How many of us have the audacity to pass judgments on people for doing things that you yourself do? Did you just lie to me? Do you know lying is... Lying is, is bad. You're a liar. Well, how many times have you lied? Come on now. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty, Sally. <laughs> you see? How many of you? you hate it when someone bribes and because of that, they got the promotion. You hate it. But how many of you bribe as well? You like doing it but you don't like it done to you. Now, is that fair? And then we cry, it should be fair. But when our, in our dealings, are we fair? Most of the time, we try to put ourselves ahead of others any which way we can. You have no excuse. You practice the very same things. Do you suppose, oh man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself? Do you suppose that you will escape the judgment of God? So if you judge others, then you're, putting yourse- you're condemning yourself because you're putting yourself in a place where God will judge you now. And see, <clears throat> a critical condemning attitude, here's the thing. A critical condemning attitude, a judgmental attitude, blinds you from your own faults double standard it blinds you to your own faults okay blinds you to your own weaknesses you have blind spots are we here this morning and that's why we need people to speak to us the things that we I have blind spots how many of you drive when you drive there are blind spots right that you have, to be, you have to be aware of those blind spots. Otherwise, you, you, you'll have an accident. We have blind spots. I have blind spots. My blind spots, I can't see them, but everybody sees them. But they don't have the guts to tell me. But my wife does. She sees all my blind spots. And so when, I, when, he, when she tells me those things, I go, what? No. <clears throat> I don't have that. Yes, you do. 
One of the things she, I think early on in our marriage, is that what's the first thing, hon? You said I kept rolling my eyes or something like that. Remember that? <coughs> you know, I always react when I, when I kind of disagree. I kind of, ah. And then I may, I, may not do, I may do it silently. They see that. People see that. And, and she pointed it out to me. So now I'm very aware sometimes. So when something does not, something does not go right, I go, and still, it still come up, comes out sometimes. But now I'm aware of it, so I hold myself, you know. So, so I think I'm getting better. But the good thing is now I am aware. I'm aware because of my wife. You see, when we have a judgmental attitude, we become blind to our very own faults. We see the speck of dust in every person's eye, but we don't see that we have a love. Doesn't that look funny? You see that? <laughs> look at that guy's face. <laughs> look how dirty. Look, there's, there's a little spot in his eye. <laughs> I'm channeling some, some Mark Hamill there. So <laughs> Joker. So anyway, look at that guy. Look at that speck in his eye. And you don't see that there's something sticking out of your eye and everybody's laughing at you. So you see, it's funny. <clears throat> Don't judge. And, <clears throat> and the most judgmental people, actually, it seems, are the overly religious. Okay? Overly religious people. Being a believer does not necessarily equate that you are religious. Being religious does not necessarily equate that you are a believer. There are many religious people in the world who are not believers. They are loyal to the religion not to the Lord. They're loyal to the church, but not to the head of the church. They're loyal to the community, the relationship in the church, but not, they're not loyal to the one that they're supposed to have ultimate relationship with. And so they go about being religious, overly religious. And there are those, the, the most judgmental people also are those who always justify themselves always justify themselves and and uh, <clears throat> the religious there's an example in um, in Luke chapter 18 remember Jesus said this parable uh, <clears throat> there was a, a Pharisee and there was a sinner they all both went to the temple and then the Pharisee walking to the temple to pray was looking at the sinner they were walking there at the same time but at different points and when they get to the their places in the temple, they began praying. And then the Pharisee goes, Dear Lord, thank you for making me who I am. Thank you that I'm not like that man. Remember that? You laugh. It's in the Bible. It's Luke 18. I'm, I'm thankful that I'm not like this sinner. I'm not like him. And he judged himself by comparing himself with the sinner and judged for himself that he is better. I'm better than him. And then, the sinner on this side doesn't know what the Pharisee was praying. He was saying he was beating his chest. Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. And didn't know what to do with his sin, but he was coming to God, repenting, whatever, crying. And then Jesus said, Who do you think came out of that temple justified before God? Was it the one who justified himself by his actions? I, did, I do this, I'm a Pharisee, I do this, 
I'm very religious. I do these things. You know, I do this for the church. And then this person who barely goes to church, who shows up every now and then, but this time he's this. See, sometimes because we deceive ourselves into thinking that because we do things for God or we do things for the church, that we are okay and that we're better than others. And if God's going to do a judgment, at least um, my judgment is not as intense as his. So we're prejudging them. (laughs) So we justify ourselves. I'm okay. Those who justify themselves, remember that that, um, um, passage in the story of the woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8. And then the people, the woman was caught red-handed in adultery, so they brought her out. And they used that as an opportunity to trap Jesus. So they brought out the woman before Jesus, threw her in the ground, threw her to the ground before Jesus, and they were carrying stones with her with them and they said you know the law says that if a woman is caught in adultery she should be stoned to death yes the law said that what do you say they are challenging Jesus and Jesus looking at the woman with compassion being the Lord of all he knew that that woman was an adulterer he was looking at those who were ready to pass judgment and he wrote on the ground I don't know what he wrote <clears throat> you sign, and they, they say, "Are you not going to speak? Say what? 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 What do you say in the situation?" And what Jesus said. Here's what he said: He who has no sin, cast the first stone. Did he defy the law? No. But he said, "Okay, you want to stone her to death? The law provides that." But he who has no sin can cast the first stone. And one by one, they dropped the stones. And then they all left. It's only the woman and Jesus who were there. And then Jesus looked at the woman and asked her, Has anybody condemned you? No one, sir. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. But go and sin no more. You see, Jesus was the one who had no sin. When everybody left, do you think he stood up and got one of the stones? I am the one without sin. That's not what he did. He was the one who had that authority to do that. When he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I forgive you, but go and sin no more. And from then on, that woman felt the love of God and became a disciple of Jesus. The overly religious And those who seek to justify themselves are the ones who are judgmental the most. They are the most judgmental people. And here's the danger. (coughs) Here's the danger here. And many of us are not aware that we fall into this pit, into this trap. (coughs) When you begin to think that you're better than others, that you're superior, you're highly you tend to be judgmental you tend to put people aside you tend to cast people away you tend to look down on them talk down on them okay that is dangerous 
You see, it doesn't matter what school you came from or what, you know, what company you work for, what kind of car you drive, what kind of house you have. It doesn't matter. When you value God and the kingdom, these are, this is the society's you know, uh, value system. The kingdom of God is above the society. It, is, it does not take on characteristics of, of society. It takes on the characteristics of the king. The kingdom of God, you know, the principles and the characters, character of the kingdom emanates and comes from the character of its king. And if you are part of the kingdom of God, you are to em emulate the character of King Jesus. And we are an outpost here. That's why we are a, a contrast community. Believers are a contrast community. Believers are, are not supposed to be you know, one with, you know, um, so identify with the world. We are to be a contrast. We are a testimony. That's why in the kingdom, we are not to think that we are better than others. <clears throat> valuing oneself, when you think about this, that means you're valuing yourself over others. That means, uh, and this leads to a lot of conflict. And living like this can lead to a hypocritical life. Remember Jesus said, you hypocrite. Hypocrite. How many of us are hypocritical? Many times. Don't raise your hand. Just think about it. This is dangerous thinking right here. So the question behind this command of Jesus to to not judge others. The question behind it is this. How many of you want to learn not to be judgmental? You want to learn that? The question behind is not actually how can I obey that command? But it's, this is the question behind. Who do you value the most? If you want to, uh, you know, if you want to look at that command, do not judge others. For you to be able to do it, it's by the grace of God. But what will help you get towards that, to that path of obedience is seeing the value of people. Question now is, who do you value the most? Do you value yourself above God and others? Then you're not going to be obeying that, that command. You will continue to be judgmental. And that's a dangerous place to be in. Do you, do you value people over God and over, over your, you know, do you value peop people over God? And if that's, if you value people more than God, then you're going to be, you're going to live your life a man pleaser. You're going to live your life confused because you don't know your identity because you're trying to live for someone else and you're trying, you know, to be someone you're not because you're living, out, living according to the definition of pe how people see you. People did not make you, God did. So He has the authority to define you. Do you value yourself above God? Do you value people over God? Or do you value... Sorry, I didn't realize I had that. Do you value God above all? <clears throat> do you value God above all? When you do this, you learn not to be judgmental 
when you see a situation and you analyze it, you can righteously analyze and evaluate the situation and discern properly and make a, a righteous conclusion, but not in a condemning, condescending, and judgmental way. Because we are to help people. People do have specks in their eyes that they don't know about. Some of them are not just specks, but they are logs. And we see them. But before we go and take care, help our brothers remove that speck or that log in their eyes, let's take care of those heirs in our lives first. Because that's what will give us the moral ascendancy to help them. When we've taken that out, and we've committed our own selves to God first. <clears throat> See, if God is above all, then we leave the judgment to Him. Does this make sense? We, we don't judge the value of people based on what we see. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And if we have God above all, then we will look at the hearts of people. The problem is we, we're not God. We don't see the hearts of people. Precisely. That's why if you don't see what's in the heart of people and you don't understand what's happening, do you now judge to condemn? Or do you leave the judgment to God? So instead of being very judgmental, you have compassion. Like Jesus. Has anyone condemned you? Neither do I condemn you. Jesus is our example. But here's what he said. Go and sin no more. What did Jesus do there? He helped that woman by removing the speck, that quote-unquote speck in her life, that sin. Jesus pointed it out. And he said, sin no more. But I forgive you. And I don't condemn you. You see what happened to the woman? The woman, in, by that compassionate act, by that loving act of kindness, of, of, of forgiveness, compassion, brought her to faith in Christ, brought her to become a disciple of Jesus. How many of us drive people away because of our self-righteous attitudes, our judgmental attitudes, and then we try to invite them to church, to, your small, to our small group, and to try to share Jesus to them. They don't, they're not going to listen to what you say because in their minds, this guy's a hypocrite. He doesn't practice what he preaches. <clears throat> so now, when we stand before God, you're going to be judged for that because you misrepresented Jesus. Now, that person did not believe in Jesus because... You were the stumbling block. You see, if there's a stumbling block for people, not, not to, it should be the truth about Jesus, not how we do things, not how we do church. How, see, we should remove any stumbling block so that the only stumbling block for people is Jesus Christ. That if they believe, great, but if not, then they're going to answer to Jesus for that. Who, who do you value? See, who we value the most will have great implications on how we obey this command. 
of not judging others. When we see the value of people, they may be, they may not be having the greatest of time today, but this is not the end of the story. God can redeem them. This is Tan Fran Mall, right? You see in, at front, um, up front, there's a statue of a horse with a, with a jockey. You know who that horse is? At Seabiscuit. Did you know Seabiscuit is a legend? I mean, he's a winning horse. But he was, he was, he was imperfect. Okay, he was banged up and um, couldn't win and everything. And nobody said, everybody ruled, ruled him out. Said, ah, this horse is not going to make it. But somebody believed in that horse, nurtured the horse. And then said, you know, just because you're banged up in life doesn't, doesn't mean that you get counted out. All of us have been, have been messed up, right? But have we been counted out? No. God gave us a chance. And many chances at that. So God wants us to be like Him, to be compassionate, to extend compassion, leave ju the judgment to Him. But let's be compassionate with people. Some people may write you off, but God will not. And if you have God above all in your heart, then you're not going to write people off. It's not, that, it's not that you believe in people, it's you believe in the power of God to transform people. So here, as we wind this down, <clears throat> who do you value the most? Is it self above God? Do you value what people think over what God says? Or do you value God above all things and above all people, even above yourself? If that's the case, if the third is the case, then it's going to be easy for you to walk in the grace of God, to obey the command to not judge others. So as we conclude, <coughs> here, could you, next slide please. When we value God, we will value whom He values. You see, think of a person you would normally not associate with. Can you think of someone? Think of the reason why you will not associate with that person. Now let me ask you this. Have you prejudged that person based on just these two thoughts? When you value God, you will realize that it doesn't matter what you think about this person. What matters is what God thinks of that person. You will value whom He values and God values that person. So how will you treat that person? Amen? When we value God, we will value whom He values. And let me end with these, with these verses. For by the grace given to me, Paul said, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. You see, instead of analyzing, criticizing, and trying to condemn people, we can judge ourselves. Judge for yourself. You know, put yourself, Lord, Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, I'm, I'm weak, I'm frail. 
I don't, in my prayer time, I don't go to God. God, you know, thank you. I'm, I'm, you're, you made me the greatest. That's not, what I, that's not how I, it is in my prayer time. I, in, in my prayer time, God, I thank you for my your grace. Lord, I, I messed up again the other day. But I thank you that you don't condemn me. But, and I thank you that you're teaching me. Thank you for making me aware of this. Lord, it kind of hurt this person or it kind of hurt that person. And it also hurt me. And Lord, help me to learn from this. That was bad. What I did was bad. Thank you for your grace. I receive your grace. And Lord, I'm gonna, I want to learn from that. See, that's, that's genuine relationship right there. And if we're like that, in prayer, we're not to pray religiously. We're to pray righteously. And let's be real. Okay? To think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And, and Philippians 2 3, 2 3 says this. And, and there's another verse there. Do, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. Count others more significant than yourselves. Look around you, everyone. Look around. Previously, you think, I'm better than that person. I'm better than that person. He's better than me. But at least I'm better than him. Now, in humility, count others more significant than yourself. This is the way of the kingdom, folks. And lastly, going back there, <clears throat> when, we, when we value God, we will walk in a humble attitude, not in a judgmental attitude. Let's all stand right now. And um, we're going to end. When you value God above all, then we will value whom he values. And when we do so, we will walk in a greater level of humility. Considering others more significant than ourselves. And then when we value God above all, here's the thing. He will enable us to see clearly, to discern clearly, to judge clearly and properly, to see things rightly and be able to form a righteous opinion, a righteous conclusion, to form a righteous judgment over people so that we can serve them. This guy needs help. This guy is riddled with, with, with insecurity. So instead of saying, this guy is so insecure, I don't want to be around him. You know, high management. You know. But this guy has insecurity. If you, in the eyes of, of compassion, you see this guy has a lot of insecurity. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, to, to be around him, it, it weighs people down. It could weigh me down. But the love of Christ is in me. He needs Jesus, and I can show Jesus to him. I can't transform him. But I can display the love of Christ to him in a way that I can humanly can, but by the grace of God. And so you'll be able to help others and serve others with that proper judgment. Amen? The proper righteous anal analyzing or judgment that, or discernment that we're called to is to end up serving others in their need, not to condemn them. Amen? Let's pray. Father, Lord, we come to you today. We, we thank you that you are compassionate, 
loving and true. You're slow to anger and abounding in love. And Lord, we've messed up so many times, yet instead, and we deserve judgment. But Lord, because of your love for us, Lord, you put judgment at a later date so that we, and then you offered us a grace period, Lord, so that we can discover you, we can be gathered to you and to your kingdom, and we can be gathered to your people. And Lord, so that we can receive, Lord, forgiveness of our sins. And Lord, we can be saved from an impending judgment of an eternity away from you. Lord, you saved us from that. And so, Lord, taking after your example, would you help us not to judge to condemn, but help us to judge righteously so that we could serve, we could help others. But, Lord, before we do that, Lord, I pray that we would work in our lives first, that we would yield to you first and allow you to work in those areas of our weaknesses. Lord, I'm not talking about introspection. I'm talking about yielding to your Spirit's promptings. Lord, allowing your spirit to speak to us what needs to change. And right now, I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to all of us here today. Would you t- would you, can we all take a moment of silence just to hear the Spirit speak to us what areas of our lives need to change? What areas of our lives need His healing, need His deliverance, need His forgiveness? And yield to Him. Respond to Him. So that in those, in, that, in those very areas, God can use you to help others. Because you can testify that God had helped me in that same area. Lord, right now, would you help, help us? Lord, help us not to be prideful. But help us to soberly judge ourselves before you, Lord. And you are our righteous judge. And if you're convicting us of these things, these sinful attitudes, prideful attitudes, uh, these judgmental attitudes, Lord, right now, we repent. And those of you who heard the Spirit speak to you certain areas that you need to turn away from, why don't you repent right now? Repent before God of those things. Lord, we repent. Lord, I say this, with you, say this to God in your, own, in, your own, in your own tongue, but under your breath. You say, Lord, I repent of this sin. Name the sin. Name it. Name it. Name the bad attitude. Name it. Just say it, say it before God. There's no sugarcoating it. Name it. Lord, I repent of this judgmental spirit. I repent of being haughty. I repent of being thinking that I'm better than others. Lord, I repent of it, and I ask your forgiveness. Lord, I repent of these other areas in my life that you're pointing to, and I ask that you would forgive me, and I ask that you would heal me in those areas. Lord, I pray for those people. Lord, I pray those who you're speaking to right now. If God's speaking to you, would you lift up your hand right now? Lift up your hand. If the Holy Spirit has spoken to you in these last few moments, just lift up your hand. Father, you see these people lifting up their hands. Lord, I pray. Lord, thank you that you, you have the authority to condemn, but you choose to be compassionate. You're slow to anger, abounding in love, and you've chosen to be Lord, gracious to us. And Lord, let your grace abound in their lives even now. Lord, help them to, to relate with, with that adulterous woman, Lord. The moment you spoke to her and you said to her, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. Lord, help them to have that. Help them to hear you speak to them those words, Lord, even now. And Lord, set them free from these attitudes, from these sins.
and help them, Lord, to grant them the wisdom and the discernment of spirit so that they can discern situations in people's lives, not to condemn, but to help and to serve. So, Lord, I pray that you would use your people to be your hands and feet, to be your extension, Lord, so that people can experience the love of Christ and the compassion of God through your people right now. So, Lord, we just receive your grace in the mighty name of Jesus, and we thank you, God, that in spite of us, Lord, your love never fails. Your love never fails. We thank you, Lord. Use us for your glory to serve and help others. But thank you for removing those logs from our lives, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen.